So what are your thoughts on, you know, sharing your work online and getting design feedback from the general public? Yeah, I've always kind of um, stared away from it, to be honest with you. I've never really shared my work um, with with the design public. So, I mean, I think I did years ago. I used to use one of these, like, um, similar to Dribble and Behance, one of those kind of websites. And generally the feedback I got, I can't remember what work it was. You know, I just put it up once just to see what people were thinking. Um, and, yeah, it was kind of like positive. You know, the feedback was positive. Um, but then I saw other people's work and I saw the kind of negativity um, surrounding people's, you know, work and stuff and the comments that were coming out from other designers. And, it, you know, it was getting a bit, a bit, you know, a bit crazy. And I thought, well, I'm not really up for that. <laughs> so I didn't share any work again. I mean, I didn't get any negative feedback on my work on the piece that I shared, but um, I could see the toxicity behind it. And, it, you know, it can really kind of, you know, put you off. So I just thought, I won't do it again. But, you know, I've seen other people's work being shared and I've seen comments and const constructive criticism and just general criticism, you know, like, you know, I don't like it, that kind of stuff. Um, I think I think it's um, probably a good idea for, for designers, you know, who are out there, you know, people developing their skills and who are trying to get into the industry, like we talked about in, in our last episode. It's probably, you know, good for them. Um, but I've seen it and I've kind of like, yeah, I, I just stay away from it. Do you think that there's some merit to it as well where you can get some opinions and, you know, even if they are negative opinions, yeah, they may be, you know, on uh, on points which you overlooked, mm, mm. Um, which could eventually lead to a an overall better design? Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I totally agree with that. Um, that, you know, that makes sense. Uh, what I tend to do is I, I generally, you know, I pass like a design that I've just done, let's just say for a website or something. I'll, I'll give it to uh, you know a designer that that I know that I've probably been working with recently, and just get their sort of feedback on stuff, maybe. Okay, so narrowing your feedback circle, basically. Yeah, I'm not not giving it to the, a wider audience. Um, and then if I get any negative from negativity from that, then you know that's kind of cool. I'll kind of you know accept it and you know um, take it on board, and then maybe execute uh, you know any kind of like um, feedback that's been given to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the biggest sort of the biggest downside of showing your work to the general public is that they don't get the full context of why you made certain design choices or even the design process necessarily. Well, some sometimes you might be able to share some of that as well, but yeah, all the steps taken to lead up to your final final product, um, and that can you know it can it can go both ways. People could just love it straight away. People a lot a lot of the time if it's an existing product that people are familiar with or existing logo that people are familiar with is generally going to be a bit of backlash first um but eventually you know people may come around yeah i think um yeah if you've got something that's been out there in, in the public domain for a while it's you know people are used to it and they've um you know accepted that you know as the look and feel of that particular brand and then you know if someone comes around and starts to mess around with it and people get a little bit you know annoyed and wound up about it you know not 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 designers like you know for designers is another thing we'll talk about in a second but the general public itself like you know when you you know ask them about their take on you know certain changes made to branding and stuff they you know they they'll just say things like you know oh, i don't like it you know and but no reasoning behind it you know i preferred i preferred how it was before you get familiar with something and then yeah you, know, you don't yeah. really 
appreciate when it's changed. Mm. Yeah, because there's been quite a few of these sort of high high profile uh, redesigns over the past few years, yeah. which have caused yeah. loads of loads of backlash. Um, the most recent one I can think of was probably Slack. Yeah. Um, but there's been like Gap have um, have done it. Uber, Medium, Instagram was was a big one. Yeah, that was huge. And um, yeah, they've all had a lot of negative feedback, and they've all then had different outcomes as well. So I mean, mm. um, you probably, if you're listening to this, you're probably familiar with the Gap redesign. Um, it wasn't a massive publicity one because it was only a very short, uh, over a short time. Mm. Um, but what basically what Gap did is a few years ago they um, they crowdsourced a uh, a new logo. So I don't know if it was like a competition or they just put it out there, like you know we're looking for a new logo and you know we're we're open to sort of public opinions on it. And what they ended up with, they ended up going with and pushing live was uh, this basically a the word Gap written in Helvetica, just capital G, lowercase a, and a p. Yeah, and then. Uh, Behind it, it had this like faded blue square, which was completely different to anything that they had before. Yeah, and it just seemed really amateur, really like seemed like a joke, really. Like they were just pulling a leg. It wasn't April first or anything. <laughs> and they pushed it out as their their main logo. Obviously, they had loads of loads of backlash on it. Yeah. Um, people yeah. were familiar with the, the existing Gap branding. You know, it's pretty iconic. Um, recognizable all over the world and then within a day or two maybe at the most they reverted back to the old one and they just basically there you go swept it under the rug like as if it never happened but you know <laughs> the internet never forgets exactly yeah they never it never forgets does it yeah i i just saw that now i had no idea and um i was like what the hell were they thinking but now that you mentioned that it was you know crowdsourced kind of thing then yeah that makes sense yeah it was an <laughs> experiment wasn't it and it just backfired completely yeah but then, you know, obviously Gap, they com- completely did a did a 180 and went back. Mm. Um, but then there's other companies like Instagram, when they changed theirs, they had their original branding, their, their sort of um, their camera icon. The camera icon, yeah. The brown and... Yeah, yeah. brown camera icon. See, it's even hard to describe what it is now. Yeah, because yeah. It, you know, their new branding, which is this sort of colourful uh, colorful one, has become the norm now. It's mm. It's hard to even remember what the old one looked like, but... When it first changed, because it was so different, it was, I remember like Twitter was just going mad for days and days. Um, people, people complaining about it, people parodying it, um, and uh, yeah, it must be quite hard being the designers at Instagram who have put in you know however many months, weeks, or months doing that rebrand, and then everyone just basically saying no, we don't like it, change it back, change yeah. it back, or. I quite I liked it because of the simplicity of it, and you know it's flat and it's just, you know, it's just clean. I I, I really liked it, and because the, the the old one was like very yeah, it was brown for God's sake, and it was just too intricate and detailed. And there's a lot going on with the little camera in there and stuff. And yeah, yeah I quite. I liked think it, it came down to timing as well, because the thing is, a lot of companies were going flat yeah, by then right. anyway, and Instagram was one of the ones that still hadn't, and it almost felt like they're holding on to their roots. You know, they don't want to change it. They're going to stick by the guns and keep their classic look, no matter what the industry is doing. Yeah. And then when they did change it, they were completely went crazy because they then became the most colorful logo on your phone while everyone else had like a single 
colour in the background, or a lot of them were having white backgrounds on their icons. Yeah. Instagram just sort of flipped it on its head. Um, so, but now it's the norm. And now, you know, so many other companies are doing similar things with a lot of colour. And yeah, you know, eventually it becomes a norm. Yeah, I think yeah, the designer behind that, I don't know, I don't know who it was. Um, was it an agency or if it was internal or, um, but you know, I'm pretty sure they must have had a lot of, um, they must have had like a, a focus group around that and loads of different concepts and ideas put to the table and, you know, that whole process, I'm guessing. Um, yeah. But, you know, so that's whoever, the thing. We don't hmm. see none of that. Not necessarily. Yeah. Not necessarily anyway. We, we might see like a press release um, or a case study which has the best of their rebrand, you know, mm. the best concepts that they went through or, you know, some nicely um, composed photos of people storyboarding and stuff like that. But you don't see the, you know, the day-to-day sort of pressure that the company's under to, to sort of do something or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have loved to see um, seen the comments on that. Like, if that was like uploaded to Behance or Dribble or a similar kind of site, I would have loved to see the comments. Oh, if it was like a uh, uploaded for feedback before, yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that would have been interesting. And I wonder if they would have stuck by the guns or gone for something completely different if they had some public opinion along the way. Mm, that would have been interesting to, to find out. I've, I've seen um, people do their conceptual kind of redesigns of like brands. I don't know if you've seen that kind of stuff. Like they'll yeah, put yeah, it on Instagram. Unsolicited redesigns. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've seen the feedback on that. And again, it's like cringe, man. It just makes me like, I'll just switch off. I just don't want to read the comments. Yeah, I mean, some of them are really good. Some of the designs are really good. But, yeah, you know, you, you can't, in these contexts as well, because like it's, it, it's very hard to then take a website like, I don't know, take Facebook, for example. If you were to go and do a redesign of that, mm. you know, there's so many things you could improve in the the UX of Facebook. Yeah, yeah. But you know, Facebook is the way it is for certain reasons. There's reasons. And without it, being yeah. an insider, you're not going to know those reasons, and you can't really say, "Oh, you should change this," or "You should make your logo green," whatever. Yeah. Because that's just a just an aesthetic thing. There's there's a deeper reasonings behind things as well that you need to consider yeah definitely there's a science behind it and uh, that's that's the reasoning you know behind why it is the way it is um but yeah you, know, you can imagine being the you know part of the design team at facebook and you know because you you know as users of facebook we see these subtle changes released here and there you know the smallest thing and you'll pick up on it you know like the your like the the, the header on your on Facebook pages have become you know slightly bigger or they become slightly smaller and uh, the layouts change slightly as well. So you pick up on these small changes here and there, and you know, and as a designer, you know, I, I get it. You know, it, it, it makes sense. But you know, then you see that I've seen the backlash from people from owners of pages like you know, oh my god, why did they do that? You know, why have you changed the layout? Like I can't find this link anymore, or you know, I can't get find the options or the settings and you know, what, what, one one example is um, the Facebook business manager. So they're constantly changing it. And it, it was such a simple tool to use before. And now it's like you need a bloody master's to, to use a damn thing. It's just all over the place. Um, I guess there's a reason behind that. Yeah, and that's the sort of thing that 
They wouldn't get public feedback on. No, no. Because they'll get way too many opinions and, you know, they'll never actually get anywhere. They need to make a decision themselves and stick with it and just hope that people like it. And if they don't, yeah. they'll either stop using it or they'll get used to it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I mean, I, I'm just constantly swearing at the, at the bloody thing because I, I just hate it. That's my that's my criticism there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for big for companies to do this for for people like for individuals who are designers who are showcasing mm. their own work. Yeah, I think then getting public opinion is probably okay because yeah, you know if you're if you are getting a lot of backlash on your designs, you're only going to get that if you're a popular brand, right? Yeah, an independent designer who's got a small following who's sharing their work on Behance or Dribble. Mm. They're not necessarily. They might get one or two negative feedback just from trolls, but overall, they're going to get some constructive feedback at least. And most people will be there to help. It's only when you, when you reach a certain level of popularity, that's when you know your work really has an impact and mm. your changes really have an impact on people's, apparently on people's lives. But <laughs> it doesn't really impact people's lives that much. No, no, yeah. No. I've seen like another area where I've seen it is you know because I like my art and you know drawing and things like that and there's a YouTuber that I follow um, just just to get some you know inspiration on um, portrait studies and drawing people's faces and things like that and what she does is she actually carries out critiques of people's work now mm-hmm. okay this isn't like branding or anything like this is people's artwork so they're learning from her and then they attempt to draw the same portrait. And then they upload it, and then she does a critique, like a live critique. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, she destroys people. Yeah, like literally, just makes you feel like I don't want to draw ever again. And it's raw, you know. It's like how can you be so ruthless to people you don't even know? And right, I get it. Like you're teaching them art, you know. I I understand the passion behind it and the reasoning, but some of it is just really, you know, it's just uncalled for, you know. It's it's really bad. So, and you know, and again, it's like, okay. I don't want to. You know, I share my artwork on, on you know on my um, Instagram page, my my other Instagram page, my art one, and I don't get any kind of negative comments on my art. Everyone's just being nice. You know, oh, I love that. That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah, I think it you goes know? back to this smaller circle, doesn't it? Because people yeah. on your Instagram are going to be there because they like your work and they know 100%. you. Either they know you personally or. They've had some sort of interaction with you or maybe this podcast or something. So they're generally not going to be there to just, you know, pull your chain really, are they? Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're if you a company and you had, you know, thousands of customers, hundreds of thousands of customers even, mm. then those sorts of things might get a different reception. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it definitely depends on the size of the audience. But mm. do, you, do you think that they're there gets a point where you're so big that no matter what you can do, like what if Apple changed their logo? Do you think there would be a lot of negative feedback or do you think people would just accept it because of it being Apple? I think, I think people kick off because Apple's a huge brand, right? And I think that's one of the brands where the general community, the, the people who use their products will feel something. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll feel a bit of, you know they'll yeah you know they'll 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 be upset about it. I think there's a lot of people out there that don't remember the old Apple logo, the the original one, mm. and well with colours in it. Yeah, the colourful one, mm-hmm. and you know so forget about that. They only have this memory of the current one, how that looks. 
you know, clean and simple kind of thing. Um, so if that was to change, then all the all these people who use their products, they'll probably, I think they'll it'll be you know negative. I think people will kick off about it. Yeah, unless they went back to the colourful one, because then there will be yeah. yeah a nostalgia factor from nostalgia, people who yeah. are you know in their forties, I would say forty plus, yeah. who probably remember it. Yeah, um, and they'll probably welcome it. I mean, there was rumours that they were going to release the you know, the new MacBook that's just been released, the sixteen inch one. Yeah, the sixteen. There was yeah. rumours originally that that's going to have the colourful logo on it again six colors on and um there was some i think there was like a a a leaked image out in the wild where someone was saying that look it's got the colored logo on it but it was quite a low quality image right so you couldn't really tell but you know just listening to other tech podcasts um there seemed to be quite a lot of interest in that happening Mm. and you know people were quite keen on that happening yeah yeah. but i'm thinking more like what if they completely change their logo to like a different shape apple yeah yeah just just, completely changed it yeah you know they they do they do little variations of their logos now and then like you know for different events they'll they'll give Mm. it a uh a particular sort of style for that event but you know their core logo doesn't change yeah yeah so i wonder if i wonder how it would be received if they did because like google right you know obviously they changed their logo yeah Okay, it wasn't a, it wasn't a massive change. It was a tidy up, really, but mm. they're they're pretty much you know that sort of size company as well. That sort of impact. Yeah, and uh, I don't think there was very negative comments about the Google logo. I think generally it was positive, but it definitely was an improvement as well. So yeah, it's clean, and you know you notice all the other tools as well. Part of the Google Suite, everything's very very consistent. You know. And I, and I like that. It's it's nice and neat. It's clean, and you know it's fresh. That's what I like about it. So I was positive about that. I, I didn't. I wouldn't have any kind of negative thoughts or opinions about it. I thought that's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one a lot. And again, yeah, just like it's the norm now. And you look at the old logo, and it just feels really dated. Yeah. Even though we yeah. we sat there looking at it every day for the best part of ten years. <laughs> exactly. And now just, exactly. No, it's horrible now. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so generally, I mean, I think it's, I think it's pretty safe to share your work online. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd advise it. Any designer out, any new sort of new designer getting into the industry and stuff, I'd say yeah, do it. And any kind of like criticism, negative criticism you get on it, just take it with a pinch of salt. I'm not yeah. like that, right? But I'd advise you, yeah, do it. Just, just do it, and then you know, you learn from that as well. You know, other designers giving you tips on you know certain things especially for web design you know um that that can be really really helpful you know if you if you're uploading your work to like behance or dribble um the, the kind of criticism you get and there is you know it's constructive it's not you know just someone just saying well i don't like it that should that you should change the color to pink you know the reasoning behind it they don't have any they don't have any reasoning and you know, so if you go to places like that and upload your work, definitely um, welcome the the criticism you get because it's only going to help you develop um, and create better designs going forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and you know, if you are part of a larger company with a big following and you are going through a redesign, you just expect it. Expect mm. a bit of negative feedback. Uh, expect some criticism. You can't please everybody. Um, yeah, you just got to sort of take it on board and just try and sift through it. Generally, the you know the crowd goes towards a positive reaction. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. And yeah, it all just becomes a norm in the end anyway. So it's all good. 
Mm, yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Um, well, I've got a few few links of like other blog posts which have shown some controversial redesigns and stuff like that in the past. So I'll put some of those in the show notes. Um, if you could dig out that YouTube channel you're saying, we'll stick that yeah, in as well. I'll pull that one out. Yeah, yeah that'd be interesting cool. to see. Mm. Um, but yeah, and if you've got any other opinions on on this topic or if you want to share some of your designs with us, then uh, you can do that on Twitter at InspectFM. Yeah, give us a critique on uh, the Inspect uh, FM logo. Yeah, well, the Inspect logo had a redesign about... Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, just, just before you joined... Um, Doing the podcast, I gave it a bit of a redesign. Uh, the website went through a redesign. Did anybody notice? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. No. Yeah, nobody really <laughs> noticed. It was very subtle, no, but no complaints. Never had any complaints about it, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you've got any criticism about it, I'd love to hear it because you know I like doing redesigns. Yeah, even the site. You know, let's let's just put it out there now. Let's just get people who are listening to it, to us and just get their opinion on the site. Um, you know, and and the the logo. And, you know, how we could improve it or, you know, anything about it that they particularly don't like, maybe. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, hit us up, let us know. Yeah, give us one good thing and one bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. And you can do that on, on Twitter. It's fine. At InspectFM. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, before we go, have you got any recommendations this week for anything? Recommendations? Um, oh, so I started broadcasting my gaming. Um on my PlayStation 4, I was uh, I've set up Twitch. <laughs> so I set up a Twitch account okay. and um, I was playing Apex Legends and yeah, it was just a test broadcast. I was sharing it on Twitter and I think a few people got annoyed with me and then I had a few people watching it. But um, if you're into your gaming, definitely set up a Twitch account and let the world watch you play your games. Seriously, it's so much fun. When you, when you see the numbers of people pop up on the app, like on your phone and like in the screen when you're playing it, it just feels really cool um you've got an audience watching you play the game the next thing i want to do is get an uh get a camera there is as well. it quite easy to um to get the stream running very easy just press one button it's built into you just download the app on your playstation or your oh, okay. console and um yeah there's a broadcast button on um option within the playstation 4 menu oh, okay and it yeah it just sends it out and it you can um the app on your phone picks up that you're broadcasting. And so you can stream your phone as well onto a TV and all that kind of stuff. So it's really, really good. Mm. So if you're into your gaming and you want, you want an audience and you know, you want to earn a little bit of money from it because they, uh, they you know, you, yeah, you get donations for it as well, but you've got to make it interesting. Right. So you can't just be quiet and play like, you know, you've got to have something yeah, about yeah. you while you're playing. Yeah. Yeah, I've no, I've never done it myself. I do watch a few other people uh, yeah. who stream their Nintendo Switch. Like with the Switch, it's it's a bit more long winded. I think you have to get like a um, an intermediate box that you connect your Switch to. Oh right, and okay. then that has like a double output. One goes to your PC, yeah, and then you have or to your laptop, whatever, and then yeah. you you like accept the feed from that box, and the other yeah. the other feed goes to the TV. Bloody hell, that's long winded. Because the Switch doesn't have any apps on there, does it? For streaming. Nah. Uh, but nah. yeah, I watched a few. Um, and uh, yeah, I've seen the sort of money that's coming in. Because it's all it's all live. And yeah, there's people, there's people throwing hundreds of dollars at these yeah, people yeah, yeah. just for watching them play. So it's good. It earning. is. So yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. You know, if you love your gaming, get yourself a Twitch account and just broadcast and share it with the, with the masses. Yeah. What's your Twitch username? 
Odd. Um, it's Bad Ninja, but it's B four D N I N J A. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Keep an eye out for that in the show notes. I think I'll yeah. watch you next time. Yeah. Wicked. <laughs> All right. I don't really have a recommendation this week. I haven't. It's been one of those weeks. Been yeah. quiet. But I've got a new phone. I bought an iPhone eleven Pro. You got the eleven Pro. Oh my god. You done it. Yeah. I went for the smaller one. I didn't get the Max. Yeah. And um, I went for the black, the space grey or. Space yeah. black, whatever it's called. That's nice, yeah. Had a look at the green one. I wasn't that keen on it. So I just kept it kept it classic. Yeah. And uh, I went for a mid, middle storage option, the 256 gigabyte. Yeah, um, probably not. But yeah, what a phone, mate. Like, good, yeah? Well, I've upgraded from an iPhone 6S. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so you've not had anything in between. Which was four and a half years old or so. Right. Um, so since then, there's been the 7, uh, 8, 10, 10s, and then 11. So five, five generations really of of improvements. And you know the the success had this tiny little single camera. And now I've got these like three big, <laughs> quite large cameras on the back. Yeah, yeah. Um, for choice. The now, ultra right? wide camera is just brilliant. You know, yeah. It just changes the way you look at photos. It's like, wow. All of a sudden, it just opens up all this space around you. Yeah, yeah. In your in your viewfinder, and it's wicked. You get some really creative angles and. You know, you could just capture a lot more detail and then crop into it afterwards if you need to. Nice. But it's nice to have that up in that option to go wide. And um, Face ID is brilliant. I know, like, this is old news now, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this has all been on the iPhones <laughs> now for the past couple of years, but it's all new to me. It's um, all, like, even all your apps now, they all require um, fingerprint or facial recognition now. So yeah. you don't need to put in no pins or, you know, it's brilliant. It's just... Well, the thing is, the success had Touch ID on it, so I was used to doing all that. But it's so much easier with Face ID. Just have they got add... rid of that now on, on the one that you've got? Have they got rid of Touch ID? Yeah, yeah. There's no Touch. It's ID. gone, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Okay. There's rumours that it may come back again one day behind mm. the screen. Like some of the some of the other phones have got it behind the screen. But yeah. Yeah. This facial recognition, apart from when the phone's on the table, and you're not sort of sitting directly above it. Yeah. When you're maybe leaning back in your chair a little bit, then uh, obviously you can't see your face, but that gets a little bit annoying. But otherwise, it's fine because like I have on a mount in my car, um, so it sees my face all the time there. You up. Yeah, you don't need to touch it then. Yeah, while you're driving. That's yeah, I don't cool. need to like put my thumb on there. Yeah, I can just tap yeah. the screen and it unlocks. So it's a lot easier to unlock it. For, you know, if I need to accept a phone call or something. Cool man. So yeah, it's good. It's a nice phone. I need to take a lot more photos, uh, but the weather's gone crap now, yeah, yeah. so. Well, you've you've got that phone now with that amazing camera, so you need to be making use of it, man. I I need to see those shots as well. So yeah, just upload some of that stuff. Yeah, I'll send you some comparison ones. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and recreate some of the photos that I took on my success. Yeah, like around the house or something, and I'll show you the difference. And it's just crazy. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, so I'm enjoying it. It's good. It's a good phone. Good stuff. All right, cool. Let us know your opinions. Get in touch on Twitter, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, see you then. See ya. Thank you for listening to the show. Be sure to subscribe in your podcast player and feel free to drop a rating or review in Apple Podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at InspectFM and find the show notes for today's episode and a full archive of all shows over at inspect.fm.